He's trying to poison me. You must come for me, Noemi. You have to save me. This week on the podcast. Silvia Moreno-Garcia's Mexican Gothic. Hello, welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. Taking a bit of a break from that today. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And joining us on the podcast, we have a wonderful guest. She's been on the podcast before. She is a comedian and podcaster herself. You may know her from Mall Talk. It's Emily Fay. Hi. Thanks for Hi. having me. Welcome Thanks back. so much for doing the show. I mean, you suggested this book. I'm I did. I'm sure you would have come across it otherwise because I feel like it's it's been very buzzy. Yeah, it's very zeitgeisty. Yeah. One um best horror book uh for um this year for Goodread Picks. Um I did, did not know that. Yeah, I only just figured this out because I hadn't read it yet, and so I voted for Southern Book Club. Um and it didn't win, but it got like third third place or something <laughs> yeah i got third place this was first a stephen king book was second and then uh uh the other uh uh southern book club's guide for to slaying vampires is third i'm surprised wow, sorry stephen, stephen king, king. yeah <laughs> i know I, I was like i didn't know he wrote something this year and yeah what did he write this year unknown and i will not research it <laughs> and i refuse to find out yeah um, so did y'all like this book? I yes, liked it a lot. Much. Yeah. I loved it. It's exactly the vibe that I really like, which is like gothic and scary, but also very sexy. Who are these guys? They are very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these guys? They are also very sexy. <laughs> it was very like full of like wanting and desire, but also like, you know, like the kind of person that you are afraid you become if you succumb to that and like male power and like white supremacy it, it was I loved this book yeah and it's the kind of I feel like really like gothic horror that like isn't um written that much anymore no like yeah. where it's like I I am not saying I don't like these I do but most horror and thriller novels I feel like are more just like Oh, there's a, you know, it's more like Agatha Christie style. Like there's a bunch of people at a wedding and yeah. someone gets murdered. And I love those yeah. too, but there's not a lot of modern gothic horror. And this one feels modern. Like yeah. I read another one a couple months ago that I also liked, but it was much more like slow and subtle and felt like older. Mm -hmm. And this one, yeah, this one, it's hot. It's hot goth. You know? Yeah, oh, no, it God. really is. It feels like the book version of, oh, what was that one, Lindsay? We did the Guillermo del Toro. They're sexy siblings. They're in a it house. It was like oh, exactly Crimson Peak. Like this. Yes. I love Crimson Peak. Yes, this is like book Crimson Peak. Um, as soon as they were like, do you want some tea? I was like, girl, do not drink oh, that my tea. Oh, my God. Don't. Don't drink Seriously. the wine. Don't drink it's the tea. always the tea. If you're in a big, <laughs> yes. formerly grand house, yes. don't drink the tea. <laughs> but this bitch is gulping down tea left and right. This one and she also, doesn't even like it. <laughs> no. She doesn't even like it. She's just being polite. And it's like, don't be polite because they're actually being really rude to you. So you don't even have to be yes. polite and drink the tea. Like Crimson Peak, 
the other reason it made me think of it is because it's also I feel like very classic gothic in that there does end up being like a sort of supernatural element. Yeah. But there's almost an explanation that makes it sound almost like scientific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's not overwhelming. Like it's a combination of the supernatural and like human nature, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I kind of I was hoping that this was going to be the case because I love that when it is, oh, it's supernatural in that it is unknown to us. Like, yeah, like like it's oh, it's these spores, but like they're basically magical to us because like there's no way we could understand really. Like, yeah, but it's the way still these like spores work. is nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's like and how that spiders all... fly because they ride electromagnetic waves. Oh, God. Did you know this? I did not. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's like... how they can jump and and weave their their little webs. Well, good for them. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> I love the idea of you, Lindsay, just spending a nice afternoon researching spider flight. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that that's what happened. But instead, I was just on Twitter and an article came up and I went, oh, oh. <laughs> I guess spiders fly and I'll just have this fact for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, so there's a lot of sexy people in this book. There's, I mean, everyone is sexy except for like the granddad guy and the aunt, which he was like foul. He was very disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's a gross guy. (laughs) He may as well have been like an actual corpse. He may as well have already died. I, so I horrifying. Feel like, I feel like if we were in the book, like if we were Noemi and like they were like, you need to go up and say hi to like the uncle or whatever. Like we would have been like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> ew, what? Ew, he smells. No, thank you. <laughs> ew, he ugly. I, <laughs> I loved that because like you said, it, it feels very modern. And yet it it does take place in 1950. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so those 1950, 1950s, like, um, you know, social norms mm-hmm. explains so much of Noemi's more ridiculous or not ridiculous. Her, like, don't go down those stairs behavior. <laughs> like, yeah. Noemi, yeah. don't drink that tea. It's because it's like, well, it's 1950. And that's, she doesn't uh, have the movies rude. as reference points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's like the whole time you're like, why are you staying there? It's like, oh, because she wants to go to this master's program. And like her dad is like, you have to stay there. And also she feels like she's the only person who can protect her cousin. And so it's like, yeah, I feel like I the like cousin that. gives it like a good reason like a better reason than a lot of horror would have yeah. it's yeah. like a thing where it's like well she loves her cousin and she doesn't want to just like leave her cousin and the weirder it gets the more she doesn't want to leave her cousin yeah yeah and i mean she can't deny that she does feel and it's because of the spores but like that she does feel really attracted to um the older brother whose name is is virgil virgil and then also like feels this kinship with francis which I fucking loved the development I, of her feelings yeah. for Francis. I yes! thought it was so subtle and well done and not so often it's like, why are you interested in this person? Yeah. yeah. And they have it, they like set it off immediately. Whereas in this, it's such a subtle growing affection that 
by midway through the book, I was rooting for Francis. Me even too. I was she's like a fucking pale, skinny weirdo. Oh yeah, because this one, it's like it's an uphill battle to try to actually justify why like this like gorgeous, like charismatic, like socialite would be into this like yes yeah, scared mushroom. little like <laughs> oh, yeah, sickly, yeah who's never left his house and it's like oh my god you <laughs> but they know did it. the author uh, did it yeah she, honestly she did it because like truly when i first started reading the book and, and you know why i think it's so successful because usually right i like whenever there's like a good boy and a bad boy to ship Lindsay likes sh- the good boy mm-hmm. and i ship the bad boy <laughs> But Virgil really was dangerous. And at the same time, like, I was like, like, I was like, oh, girl, I see why you're like, because he represents you kind of being bad. But like, there is a real danger there. So like, I don't ship it. And then like, with and he Francis, really was creepy and gross. Yeah. yeah. He's like a bad man. He's a bad yeah, man. He's, it's, he's not bad boy. He's yes, bad man. Bad man. And then Francis still has a danger element because of what he represents, but not because of who he is. So that's why I think I was happy with that because, like, he still seemed dangerous, but not because he was evil. Um, But because he's a part of it. Yeah. He's in the network. Yeah. In a way where it's almost like, ooh, he's damaged. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he is damaged. you love a damaged boy. You love a damaged mushroom boy. (laughs) And honestly... We love oh, we love boy. a mushroom boy. I do feel concerned for their first night sleeping together. I just feel like it's it's gonna be rough. I think personally, I think, honestly, that comes six to nine months from now when they both had like a lot of time. <laughs> I think they're Francis, very traumatized. <laughs> I feel like it starts at first. You're almost like okay, it's almost like um a camp crush. Yeah. Because it's like he's the only one there who she can <laughs> yes. actually even talk to. Yes. So you're just gonna go with the best available. Yeah. And then the second you're out, you're out. But then by the end they're trauma bonded. Yeah, and like the exactly. No one's gone through stuff like they have except for them two. And I guess Catalina, but like she's not really fat. You can't in. date your cousin, especially after all <laughs> you've just seen. Which is weird because this whole, <laughs> what I love is that this book, it is about, you know, like usually in these gothic things, it's always like incest, incest. And it was like incest, incest. But our main character, thankfully, was like, I don't want to be a part of this incest thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like you got to sidestep that achiness because she was not a member of the family. It was just yes. a story of incest without her being having to take part in it and so it's like okay i feel a little bit more comfortable a little bit more taken care of as a reader <laughs> yes 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 yeah. also doesn't francis strike you as the kind of guy that would like go down on someone for like an hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's gonna I, get it right he's I gonna do francis it francis has like a huge dick and doesn't even know it <laughs> he's right. like what i've no, i don't i how would i know no one's ever seen it so no one's ever told me <laughs> yes. i've never before. seen anyone else's i <laughs> Oh, this for my great uncle Howard, the corp. <laughs> yeah, so his only comparison has been to his corpse-like <laughs> uncle. <laughs> and then he whips that thing out, He's and like, it's like a redwood falling in the woods. <laughs> like, by comparison, mine seemed weird. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was weird. <laughs> it's not weird? Oh, great. <laughs> I liked that he's the only one who spoke Spanish in the house, even though they fucking well. are in Mexico. 
Yeah, and have been for generations. And I liked that that was like their dis like their like idea that they were too good to learn Spanish led to their downfall. Like I loved that Mm -hmm. because like true that's how she was able to talk to Francis. Mm -hmm. I at first when the at the beginning of the book I was like disappointed that it ended up being mostly white people. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I really wanted like a more like cultural story because it's mexican gothic mm-hmm. and then i was like oh it gotta be white people <laughs> yeah it has to be yeah they the are themes so evil. of this require the whites yeah, yeah like it's like the colonization and then how they literally infect yes and, like mm-hmm. everything around them and yeah. it was so again really like s- subtle isn't maybe the right word because it's <laughs> really hitting you over the head with it but it's it's artfully done yes it wasn't Mm -hmm. preachy it wasn't hacky i wasn't sitting there going i like we get it yeah oh it's a message book it is a message book but it's just really really well written and it it's like strong female character without going I'm a strong female character. Yeah. I'm going like, to study anthropology. She's, she's just like, not that's like who she a is. badass. Right. Yes. Which is she always the word. Is. Because I without, like that she, yeah. she makes mistakes. Like she, she is selfish and she like, and that's, she's flawed. And she's vulnerable. Right? Yeah. Which I love. Um, I also loved um, that this book did a really good job of just enough describing everyone's outfits because like, Yes. I was very interested in her little outfits that she was wearing to mm-hmm. each event. Yes. Because they were, they sounded cool. I, I could see this as a movie. And I mm-hmm. hope that it's getting adapted. I would be shocked this, if this, this does not get adapted. This would be a great, great movie. Because it's like, these are all really good characters like to cast. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it all kind of takes place in one location for the most part. Oh, yeah, like, just scary house. The visuals would develop, I think, in a really cool way, like, over the course of it. Like, this would be such a good movie. You know, um, I was picturing for Virgil, like, a Skarsgård mm. situation. or I'm like, almost he- picturing, like, an Army Hammer. Oh, Army Hammer, for sure. Like, that kind of guy, which is, yeah. like, very capital W white. You know who, you know what Skarsgård, I think, could be Francis, is the one who played It. <laughs> Yeah, Bill. He's kind of yes. sickly looking. Yes. Yeah, yes. he's got that or like too thin. Because it could be, though, like Alexander and Bill. Oh, my. And that would wow. be Real perfection. Brothers. Yes. Real yeah. Brothers. Have you guys ever seen the movie? Oh, God, what is it called? It has Kira Knightley and one of the... I th- Oh, I get them confused. Sarsgaard and Skarsgaard. Because there's, you know, there's different ones. There are. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, no, one is Sarsgaard and one is Skarsgaard, Lindsay. I can't accept this. There can be only one family. Um, <laughs> they must battle. I, I feel like this was, it was like similar Skarsgard? casting. Al- oh, the What's Aftermath. The okay, about? first of all, I don't know how much oh, I recommend this I movie. I never saw that, but I saw the trailer a bunch. Right. Well, so it's very like spicy, spicy. We are in the olden times and we can't touch. But also like, so like, it's very, you know, is that she's having an affair. World War Two. Yes, that's a um, Skarsgård. No. That's, that's a Alexander Skarsgård, right? But I'm right. saying there is a Sarsgård. No, well again, I don't accept in the world. 
So Alexander Skarsgård is is the guy she has an affair with, and there's like yes. classic, you know, him. The way they show him like really desiring her is he like literally walks by and just drags his finger across her shoulders. And I remember being like, oh, my God. However, I don't know if I recommend this movie because it does kind of seem like a Nazi apologist movie. That's so not seemed like from the trailers. And I was like, <laughs> no, it is. I remember watching it and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I was like, the moments uh. like like isolated, the moments with her and Alexander Skarsgård are very sexy, but... I remember just being like, but he was a Nazi. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't think so, Kira. I from the don't. trailers. I was like, no, there must be like some other explanation for what his deal is, right? <laughs> there isn't. No? no. Well, he he's not oh, a no. he's not a Nazi. He was just following orders. <laughs> oh no. He like or he like didn't participate, but he didn't help anyone. Not you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know and what I'm then saying? Is Jason Clark like the bad guy in the movie because he's like, I don't want my wife dating a right. Nazi. Right. So okay. Well, so no, 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 no. So she's the bad guy because she's anti-Nazi. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and so, we are meant to understand that that is bad. So it's Jan- like that was like two years ago. Get over yeah, it. No. <laughs> yeah. He's like the time has passed. Banish it from your mind. So Jason Clark is um is is like a British general who's like, okay, I have to take over this German house because I need to live somewhere. And so, like, the uh, British army is like commandeering um, uh, different houses uh, that belong to like rich German people. And um, Kira Knightley like hates living there because she's like, ugh, this is the house of like a former Nazi. I know that he Ew. probably had a painting <laughs> of like Adolf Hitler on the wall. Turns out it wasn't a painting of Adolf Hitler, it was a painting of like the guy's dead wife or something. Um, his daughter. Easy to like, confuse. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, Alexander Skarsgård's daughter like starts to join this like neo-Nazi kind of situation. And then oh, no. the Good. deep secret that Keira Knightley has, like why she and her husband are falling apart, is because her He's son died in the London bombing. He's a Nazi. No, her son was like a child and died in the London bombing. And so like her. And then her husband has to keep going out of town. So it's just her and this like prisoner in the house. And then like they have a bunch of sex. And then he's like, we can start over both of us. Let's run away to Sweden or something. And then she decides to run away to Argentina with the rest of my brothers. (laughs) Like, you know how we have to start over for equally valid reasons? Um, Let's do that. He's like, your son died in the bombing. I was a Nazi. We need I mean, to start there over. There are bad people on both sides. <laughs> it's like that sucks for both of us that that yeah. happened to yeah. us, you know? Yeah. And he's like, man, the way the dice just rolled, it was like so sad for us all. And so she, at the last minute, she decides not to go be with him and she like stays with her sad husband. And that's supposed to be like sad, but I'm like, but also. I don't think she should be with a Nazi. (laughs) Anyway, it was a rough day that I watched it. I don't know why I did. (laughs) I don't know why I'm even talking about. Oh, Uh, we're talking about the scars guards. And so basically I'm saying, yeah, so I'm basically saying a guy that was cast to play a literal Nazi could be, (laughs) could be Virgil in this book. Um, Oh, I, I looked. Of course, you're right, Kelly. Peter Sarsgaard. See, it's how could weird? I have forgotten Peter? Oh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's guy. Yes. Yeah. What a fool am I? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's but the first he is... of the guards that I've known. Yeah, he was the original guard. Yeah, but then the scars guards came in and blew him out of the water. That's I mean, we could thing. just bring in the the dad for Howard if we're casting those two brothers. Yeah, oh, let's do it. Yeah, who's there the we dad? go. Who's the Mamma Mia dad? This is a family is, affair. Fact, I think. Oh God, is his name Peter Skarsgård? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Skarsgård family? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, so you know who we're forgetting about? Guys, am so I bad? Bill Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård. Wait, oh no, he's Stellan Skarsgård. That's Stellan. the dad. Who is the guy? Now I think he's not a scars guard or a SARS guard, but who is the guy who like everybody saw his big penis, and he was Magneto? Um, Oh, 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 oh! um, Michael Fassbender. Oh, different. Fassbender's not involved. I'm so sorry. I thought he he was a. If you want him to be, (laughs) but yeah, we could seriously make this a full on scars guard event. It would be perfect. Dude, I'm looking at Bill Skarsgård right now. He could for sure be Francis. Look how sickly he looks. He looks mm-hmm. so sickly, but he's kind of cute. Yeah, too. no, I know yeah. what you mean. So it's, it's like, like perfect. perfect. Yeah. No, yeah. Wow, his skin tone is so different from Alexander Skarsgård's skin tone. He's just much more pallid. Mm-hmm. And then like Alexander Skarsgård is like pinker. I mean, mm-hmm. the bags this man has under his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Are yeah. just out of oh my god! This one picture, he looks so sickly. <laughs> this is crazy. He would be perfect. <laughs> the man looks like he's never seen outside. Yeah, it's perfect. Oh my god, it's perfect. Yes. Now I'm looking. He's a perfect. Wow. Francis. Yeah, we've cast. I mean, yeah, this book would just be it. Ha- I I would be shocked if the rights haven't been sold because like. Really, really perfect movie. Yeah. I could just see everything so cinematically. Like the book had such a um like just tangible feel to it that I Yeah. I I, I don't I think it would be such a missed opportunity to not Totally. And, and like it would be a good way to get like I don't know, some horror that's just not like so fucking <laughs> white, like especially gothic horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I love Crimson Peak, but it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is extremely white. And I feel like because I wanted to love Crimson Peak. Mm, but you have a, I know what your problem is. I, though. My yeah. problem is the casting of Mia. Oh, I really like her. Mm. Lindsay can't connect with her. <laughs> Lindsay can't connect with her. Mm, I don't understand that, but I yeah. am glad that I you don't see. know. And many why. people agree with you. I don't know why I do, but I do. I I find her appealing. I see. I felt nothing about her, so I was fine with it because mostly I was concerned about Tom Hiddleston being extremely attractive in it. <laughs> so it's a real Goldilocks situation with her yeah. feelings on Mia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think this would solve the Mia problem, though, for, for you. For me, Lindsay. yes. Mm-hmm. I loved ah. the eugenics discussion. Yes, it, that was very get out. This was like so many horror classics mm-hmm. in one. Yeah, I feel like I at loved, this point, get out is kind of a horror classic. It is. It is. Um, I loved like, like already... um, his weird fascination with her and like, because, okay, I'm going to tell you, as a mixed race person, people love to talk about, like, 
how I'm probably healthier and like like there's a lot of weird stuff where people are like really interested in like what does that mean for like my biology and so Mm -hmm. this like his obsession and I know it's different obviously but like it just rang true like his obsession being like oh you're like darker skinned than your sister so that like is really interesting to or than your cousin um oh so does that mean that like you as like a mestizo are like more likely to be able to like carry our genes to fruition like it was very so fucking creepy <laughs> yeah and I... that like the fact that at first you're just like what the fuck mm-hmm. and then that that comes back into like their grand yes. plan and i loved the the bit where she's walking around the house in the beginning and she's like he seems like the type who'd have like a pair of calipers around to like measure his guests yes. skulls for phrenology purposes and then after she finds a few things she's like so i no longer wonder if but how many pairs of calipers <laughs> yes because <he> <laughs> she finds his like study on eugenics thing yeah like it's just like yep there it is and that's why like the cousin is such a good device is because like in some gothic horror you know especially if it's some like you know like in crimson peak i don't know why it keeps coming up but like it's very similar if there's like you know someone else who oftentimes like has no family has Mm -hmm. nothing so they feel this need or want to like ingratiate themselves with this like rich or formerly rich family like that's a trope Mm -hmm. but because of like she she's rich she's beautiful like she doesn't need them and she doesn't want to know them she just has she just needs to get her cousin out mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. like gives this reason why she would stay through that dinner like why she would even stay through the first night mm-hmm, yeah is because it's like she never wants anything to do with these people yeah, yeah, and from the get get-go, the... they're her enemy because she's like they're doing something weird to my cousin I need to get my cousin out yeah. yeah, I I love that you get the cousin as the trope and not in a mm-hmm. bad way. You get the cousin as a trope, but then you get Noemi, who is the only character who isn't a trope, I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Noemi is her own new kind of character to be in a gothic horror. Yeah, because she feels like someone who shouldn't. Who, like, you would think would be safe from getting caught up in a gothic horror. Yeah, and she I, and would I think be. Well, yeah. and I, I love that, like, it is such a, like, abuse can happen to anyone type of thing. Because, right, like, a lot of times people will, like, hear stories about, you know, somebody uh, getting caught up in some, like, abusive relationship. And a lot of times people will be like, well, that would never happen to me because, like, I am, like... I'm too smart or I'm too strong right. or I'm too this. But, yeah. like, literally she she is someone that's very strong very like she knows what she wants she wants to go uh get her master's she wants to like live you know the life that she wants to live um but at the same time like when you are around people that are abusive like that because that whole family is abusive except Mm -hmm. for francis like you start to become immune like you like it's like you know the thing of the frog with the water turning on and then you don't realize it yeah and it's the spores the spores are like infecting Mm -hmm. her and then she like realizes oh my god i've been like whoa i'm like infected by this 
And the fact that like this thing from her culture, like this like folkloric medicine is the thing, like her culture, the thing that's part of her is the thing that ends up saving her, which is that tincture that the uh, folk medicine doctor makes for her. So it's like holding on to your identity. The antidote was like in the land. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> from these like this like just poison family. Yeah. I And I liked that it's kind of it's her strength that kind of gets her trapped there because she wants to like as mm-hmm. she acknowledges at the end like she did she could have gone at any time and she stayed because she was trying to be the hero and she is the hero and that gets her trapped not in a punishment way which I think a lot of books can fall into where it's like they kind of want to make their main character suffer mm-hmm but it didn't feel that way in this. It's like she she stays specifically because she isn't like Catalina. She is somebody who can like get herself out of situations. And then yeah. that just gets her more enmeshed because it's such, such that's a beyond what they do. anything Heart. she thought it was. Like she yes. didn't realize. You can't that... see Spore God coming. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Her one to God spore. Who, yeah, well, that's really funny because Kelly and I have an ongoing joke that our religion is spore and we worship the one true God spore because we read um, <laughs> Annihilation. Oh, right. <laughs> that's what that's from? Jesus, I don't even remember. Yeah, we did an outside genre episode for our Patreon on the book Annihilation. And it is very much like Alien came here as a spore and is infecting everything and there are you know, new wildlife growing everywhere and it's changing everybody's DNA and stuff. And then we talked about that um, book. What is it? Girl with all the gifts where the reason gifts where the reason um, there are zombies is because it's a spore that's infecting everybody's brain. Oh, yeah. oh, that's you know like what last else of us. is is yeah. in um, severance. It's also spores. It is? Yeah, it's spores fungal are spores. Everywhere. Yeah, so spore is like the new ghost. <laughs> <laughs> They're oh like mushrooms. God. No one understands them, right? Yeah. yeah. Who yeah, could yeah, understand yeah. spores? Mushrooms my, are weird. Um, We're all in agreement. Yeah. Yes, we all agree that mushrooms are the... <laughs> and we talked about that on the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast, where it's like mushrooms are like... Um, by some people thought to be what took us from, like, gave us an evolutionary jump and made us, like, co- like conscious. Like, gave really? us a consciousness about our reality and our mortality. And it's what makes us ask larger questions because we ate mushrooms and then we started tripping. And then, um, and they touch on that for a second in Mexican Gothic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, when she and Francis are mushrooms talking are about fascinating. mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was pretty disgusted by, like, some of those mushrooms. And I like to eat mushrooms. Like, like Well, like, you can be co- fascinated by disgusting things. Right, right. No, 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 it was absolutely fascinating. But I was, like, truly, like... It's horrifying. I, <laughs> the book was very good at, like, doing creepy things. There was some yellow wallpaper references. That was, oh, I wanted to bring that up. Emily, have you read the yellow wallpaper? I haven't read it, but I know the, I know the gist of it. Yeah. It was, I, that was I another. I love this take on it. Yeah, that was another, uh, like, horror classic that it was incorporating. I thought it was really cool. 
There were some moments where like I was genuinely feeling kind of like, you know, scared. Me too. Me too. And mm-hmm. I feel like when a book does that, it's like so impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like I had- when a movie does that, it's so easy because you're waiting for like a jump scare yeah. or something. But like and you can see. Yeah. But like when a book gets, I don't know, can like effectively make you feel like scared in the room you're in or whatever. Yeah. That's like so impressive. Yeah. There was the the moment when she's like in the cemetery and she's going there because Catalina like in a in a fit is like it lives in the cemetery so she goes in the cemetery and she sees just like this hunched thing watching yes. her. Yes. I, I was up like pretty late reading the book cuz I liked it a lot and then I literally was like okay I think I should stop right now because I'm going to get scared and not be able to go to sleep and then I couldn't sleep for like another hour so I was just like <laughs> My plan last night was to stop reading around like 1 a.m. and then finish the rest of it before we started recording today. And then mm-hmm. I couldn't put it down. I didn't want to. I it's was like, so nope, good. I got to see what's going on with these spores. Yes. <laughs> I I liked that because I think at some point I suspected the spore or like the, the mold. Yes. Be- but I wasn't sure until it really all blew up like. I wasn't sure if there was going to be a supernatural element or not. Mm-hmm. And I like when it keeps you guessing for that long. Yeah. Like I where you're like, f- it could be either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did think that it was the mushrooms and the mold and the spores just because it was so prevalent because of the other <laughs> mushroom books we've read. <laughs> um, but I couldn't see how it was going to connect to their yeah. power. Yeah, and the family. I was like, I, I understand that there is like a spore. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A spore presence, <laughs> like a spore <laughs> power. But I don't understand how, like, what it has to do with this fucking weirdo family yet. And so when it finally, when we finally got her going into the gloom, as they call it, when fucking great uncle howard spews bile into her mouth oh yeah. my god i Ugh. was ready to barf i was like that's that was like a, a moment where it like turned yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. as soon as i think that's the point where i was like okay i'm gonna stop reading soon but then they were like, and they're having a goodbye dinner. And I was like, uh-oh. And they're oh, and yeah. she's and drinking then, the wine. I'm like, uh-oh. And, and then, Virgil's like, we should go upstairs now and say goodbye. And yes. then Francis is like, no. And I was like, uh-oh. uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was like, I can't stop reading this book. And then they bring her into the room and Virgil grabs her neck and forces her at the body. I was like, oh, no. No, when no, she no, walks no, no, in. No, 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 no. And he's naked. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I really thought that he was about to rape her and I was not happy. Right. I and mean, so thank I'm God really he only barfed into her mouth. That, that he just barfed in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had my druthers, I would choose barf in the mouth. I don't know right. about you two. <laughs> sure. I, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Truly the, the like, I was like you where I was like the spores. Ha- there's something about the spores. We need to talk about the spores. But then like truly, like if you had asked me, like, would you see it coming? That like, e okay. Also, sorry, I'm so scatterbrained about this, but like for it being a book that's like this is Victorian white people being incestual. I somehow was still surprised that his first and second yes. wife were his sisters. Yeah, yeah me, me too. too. 
I was like, oh. I was also surprised by that. And I was definitely surprised by the 300 years old thing. Yes, me too. <laughs> like, but I feel like, yeah, once it got super, I somehow wasn't totally expecting all the incest. And then they were like, we just had to branch out because everyone was getting infertile. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm, that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a danger. I forgot yeah. already is no Francis is not the product product of incest that's why his dad is dead because right. he went crazy or yeah. was killed yes yeah. well, his dad like tried to leave and then right. like the, the gloom made him too crazy and then he um like threw himself down into a ravine damn that sucks <laughs> yeah that sucks damn that sucks <laughs> you imagine Francis tells you that and you're like that's crazy <laughs> I'm sure I would. I would be like, whoa. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Wow. That sucks so bad. Oh that's my god. Harsh. Damn. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so anyway, like, do you wanna like order in or <laughs> so anyway, uh, how do we get out of this graveyard? <laughs> yeah, and oh, you know what? You know what I just realized? We never read what? the back of the book. Oh girl. Okay. <laughs> and okay, I here, don't I'll... think all of our listeners could very easily at any point before this moment or before the episode starts, read the back of the book on their own. But I still feel like we should. Also, okay, I didn't realize that this author has written like many other books that have won like awards and stuff. So now I'm just like obsessed with this author. I'm going to read all of her other stuff. Yeah. Um, but okay. Um, after receiving a frantic letter from her newlywed cousin, Noemi Taboada heads to High Place, a distant house in the Mexican countryside, unsure of what she'll find. Noemi is an unlikely rescuer. She's a glamorous debutante, more suited to cocktail parties than amateur sleuthing. But she's also tough, smart, and not afraid. Not of her cousin's new English husband, a stranger who's both menacing and alluring. Not of his father, the ancient patriarch who seems fascinated by Noemi. And not even of the house itself which begins to invade Noemi's dreams with visions of blood and doom. Noemi's only ally in this inhospitable place is the family's youngest son, but he too may be hiding something dark, for there are many secrets behind the walls of High Place, as Noemi discovers what when she begins to unearth stories of violence and madness. Mesmerized by this terrifying yet seductive world, Noemi may soon find it impossible to save her cousin or even escape this enigmatic house. See, that, that book, bleh, that description while good mm -hmm. described noemi in the quarter of the book and <laughs> <in>, yeah <laughs> yes <clears throat> described noemi in that way that i find annoying well it's the marketability thing yes exactly it's like but she's strong and she's smart <laughs> yeah and she is it's 1950 but like she doesn't want to get married yeah yeah. It also does make it seem like something where there would be like a scene where, oh my God, like her heel gets stuck in mud. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm glad that the actual writing of the book uh, did a more artful job of having a strong female character. Well, yeah, like all the things that the book jacket says about her are true. It's just that they are often also said about books where I'm like, give me a break. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you see it play out in how she behaves and her character without it being, like, like hitting you over the head. Right. And it's not the only thing about her. Like, you also, she's so well fleshed out that, like, throughout the book, 
I could predict how she would react to things, you know, like because it felt she felt like a a real person. Yeah, it was a really, really like well-rounded character. Oh, and you know what else? So often in books, it'll like the author will be telling me that characters are having banter. Yes. But I do not feel said banter. (laughs) But in this, Naomi absolutely banters. Oh, my God. Her conversations with everybody. Oh, she's funny and she's witty and she's quick and she's like sarcastic and she's droll and she she loves people like she's just desperate to like actually try to break through and have a conversation with all of them. Dude, also like even though she was saying, okay, and this was the this was a perfect way that the author did this. Right. Because usually I don't believe when a character is like. Mm, I hate this guy, but actually I love him. Like at the beginning when she's having her little banter sessions with Francis and she's like, hmm, I don't know why, like, I don't know why I'm like attracted to him, but like, because he's not handsome and all that. And I was like, girl, because the chemistry's there because we've all seen you talk to him. We've all seen your conversations. You guys get each other. And like, and also he's so charmed by her. And like, we and see it because so we're charmed sincere. by her. Yeah, I also kind of like that even through the end, like, she's kind of his, not even kind of, she is, like, his rescuer. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's okay. Like, it doesn't need to turn around to be, like, for this relationship to work, he needs to become the one who, like, rescues her and stuff. It's like, he tries, but at the end of the day... He's too caught like he's been a victim his whole life of this family and she does rescue him and everyone's they're all they're both fine with that. And I loved the way it ended too, where it was just kind of this open ended thing of like her being like, you know what, like like it it was it was happy without being too saccharine. Mm hmm. Because, like, I... who knows what happens with them? Right. It's not yeah. like, oh, my God, they're getting married. Mm-hmm. But it's like right now not... they feel something for each other. And mm-hmm. they're going to go. And she's going to get him out of there. Like, mm-hmm. And I love that it's like, you know what? Are they going to be able to move past all of this? Because it was fucking crazy. We don't yeah. know. But they can hope. And I was like, that's the perfect ending. That is the perfect way to end this book because it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel too pat. It doesn't feel cheesy or cliche or too happy or too sad. It was just really good. Yeah. It ended on the only thing that I think it could have, which is just like the most beautiful thing there is, which is just hope, right? Like you just like, well, I don't know. I, I hope. And I hope it ends up well for them. But like, who knows? Yeah. That's all that also where he's like, this is in my blood. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. She's I like, know. Yeah, I don't know either. And they're like, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, yeah, that could totally happen. Like, that's a very valid concern. Yeah. But, you know, you can deal with that later. Yeah. Do you mind if I read the last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's so good. They were quiet. Slowly, she leaned forward, kissing him on the mouth so he'd know she was truly there, and he sighed, intertwining his fingers with hers and closing his eyes. The future, she thought, could not be predicted, and the shape of things could not be divined. To think otherwise was absurd. But they were young that morning, and they could cling to hope. Hope that the world could be remade kinder and sweeter. So she kissed him a second time, for luck. When he looked at her again, his face was filled with such an extraordinary gladness, and the third time she kissed him, it was for love. Uh, it's so lovely. It's so <laughs> it's lovely. Like, it's it doesn't cheat 
at all. It really builds and pays off. Yeah, it's it feels earned. Yes, yes, exactly. Also, okay, were you guys like totally? I was like squeeing like crazy (laughs) when he the way he tries to ask her on a date is to look at his drawings of mushrooms where he's like he's like i don't know it's like stupid but like you want to like look at my i don't know m- do you want to like look at my um my pressed pages of spores I, I know and he's like i've pressed a lot of flowers and leaves and i was like truly we don't deserve it like i was dying and then she was like like so touched by it and she's like yeah i'd love to look at your drawings and he like doesn't want to seem like yeah but he's just like uh great uh perfect um I will see you in an hour. Goodbye. You know, like, it's just, oh, I loved it. I mean, I feel like you could tell that she's the first, like, good thing that's ever happened to him. It's just even her presence in the house. (laughs) Like, it makes him believe in a different kind of life. It does. Well, because literally, what was his life before? Like, cleaning his uncle's leg. That. Yeah. Like cleaning that was his, his uncle's life. leg, cleaning off mushrooms, <laughs> drawing mushrooms, turning yeah. into a mushroom, <laughs> eating mushrooms. Very mushroom centric. Like <laughs> the one true and mighty sport. I I do think that the there, I also loved a moment and it just like made me think about what you said, Emily, about Virgil. Like so, at first, right, she's like, "Oh God, he is very handsome," which like we've all been there, right? Like where you're like, "Damn, okay, this guy's like really hot," but. Maybe there's something evil there. And then the moment that she turns where she's like, oh, he's evil. This man's evil. He's a bad but man. He's an absolute liar, I think yeah. is how she put it. Like, yeah. Because she, it, for, like, for a while, yeah, I really like that it, she's just like, he's an extremely attractive man. And it's not like, wow, why am I drawn to him? Like, No. <laughs> and it's it's not like she's even she's like disarmed by him but not charmed by him like he throws her off balance and she's like he is extremely attractive and i do not trust him any farther than i can throw him what is he doing to my cousin i'm bringing another doctor here and he can't stop me and blah 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 so it's never like wow could i be with virgil maybe no yeah, she's it's like, like she I doesn't want to be attracted to him. Yes. Like she's disgusted by the fact that she is attracted to him. Yeah. And and then oh my god, I love that like later we find out right it's the spores, but the whole time he's like no, I'm just taking a part of you that's already there. And she believes him because she's like, well, I guess cuz sometimes I can be selfish and sometimes I can be, you know, I live a I am really flirty and Yeah, um, and what is um that I don't want to commit. Right. And she's yeah. like, I live this very materialistic life. So maybe. And then she's like, oh, no, bitch, it's these spores. Get away from me. You're not <laughs> like, I loved that. And I also, OK, when she's like, she'll like look at, at Francis and she's like, hmm, he's not ugly. Like, he actually kind of looks cute in this light. I mean, he looks like dog shit when he's compared to his brother Virgil. But like, <laughs> Cousin Virgil. Oh, cousin Virgil. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked when she's like <laughs> sort of ad- admiring his shitty corduroy jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and she keeps putting on the sweater that he gave her. Oh, yeah, that's cute. The sweater thing is cute. Oh, mm-hmm. I loved the sweater thing. And then he was like, oh, especially you're because she's it. such a clothes horse. 
yes. And then he's like, oh, you're wearing it. And she's like, oh, sorry, do you want it back? And he's like, no, I just I just noticed you're wearing it. I was like, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> also that his name is Francis. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's very on, on brand. <laughs> and I would say, like, of course they'd give him the name Francis. And then I'm like, I don't know. Virgil's name is Virgil. <laughs> yeah, that's true, not Virgil. like any of them got a hot name. <laughs> that's true. Oh, can we talk about Ruth? Yeah, oh, I loved Ruth. I loved Ruth. We stand a queen. We I really like the, the development of that because at first yes. I feel like you're like, is that why the house is haunted? Yeah. Yes. You think it started with her for a while. And it's like, no, Ruth was trying to finish that shit. Yeah. Like, and then Ruth when you- was good. Yeah, yes. and like, like, right? They're like, oh, she was overcome with guilt over what she did, so then she like killed herself. But then you find out that like, literally, he can control people, and like, he in a last ditch effort as he was dying because she shot him, he made her kill herself. Yeah, and, and that's it, why she was saying, "I'm not sorry." And when like Noemi realizes that, yeah. And it's like levels, right? Like this book not only talks about like what women in general face, but then like there's a whole other level of what uh, of what um, Noemi faces, which is like how women of color are perceived. And like, Mm -hmm. but there still are like talking, you know, Ruth being this like victim of and and being blamed for like by like society, I guess like the town. Yeah, Yeah. For all their problems. And then the fact that the center, the core of of like the power is that uh, the uncle's wife who he like buried her alive and made her be the host of the spore. Yeah. Yeah. The first sister, Agnes. Or no way. Was it the second one? No, No. Yeah. Agnes was the first one. And then he married her sister, Alice. Yeah. Because Agnes was made to be the nerve and brain center for the spores that were like making him immortal but i yeah i loved the description at the end where it's like she not only realizes that it was built off of agnes she's like this whole family is built off of female pain yeah yeah and that's where their power comes from Mm -hmm. literally yeah it's it's female pain and like yeah exploiting like for 300 years yeah like people in this country that they just like came to and then because i this part i'm forgetting the specifics but when he first figures out the mushroom oh i was not clear where he got that from like it was from a tribe he there's the cannibalism like there's that thing Mm -hmm. where he basically forces people to do something yeah so So he has go ahead no, I, I'm not really sure. I think, right, like they have so the women give birth to babies and then they eat the babies because that's the way to like in, ingest the spore. So I think what happened initially, I don't know if they keep eating the babies or if that was just Agnes's baby or no, no, no. The very first woman, the woman from the original tribe, the original tribe, yeah. congregation of this uh, mushroom religion so mm-hmm. Howard Doyle went to some foreign land. I'm not even positive it was Mexico. No, it was I just don't like think it was elsewhere. Okay, and he finds this um, this tribe of people who 
have this religion that allows them to live for a really long time and keeps them keeps their like consciousness interconnected and he like learns their ways goes to take part in the ceremony gets like initiated and they're like you will be the like next leader of this congregation and he's like no bitch i'm a god now and he like runs off with the like main like female priestess essentially mm-hmm. impregnates her like brings her to his back to yeah. england to his sisters impregnates his sisters mm-hmm. agnes first who does in fact like get pregnant and i don't i think i they sort of i lose the connection of like where the original like congregation where that woman went i'm not totally sure where she went because at first i thought she was that, that he does kill her or do they yeah, I think, eat her Maybe i think they eat her they oh, do eat yeah, her. yeah yeah you're right that's it so he yeah so but he they eats bring her and her back baby to the graveyard because she pregnant. gives birth they eat the baby rather than mushrooms and right. that's how it is that he's able to like imbue himself mm. with the um regenerative like abilities not just not just like be able to stay alive for a long time but live forever because he actually ingests a person yeah and that's how and he decides he's going to pass it on through his generational line rather than just a community of people and so then he so then he kills the original lady he um but he's like i need to like yeah he's like i need to like plant it essentially right like it needs like a consciousness to latch on to yeah and it's got to be in my family line and so agnes gets pregnant or doesn't get pregnant or something. She, she does get pregnant. Agnes. They, oh, they eat that baby. They too. eat that baby as well. <laughs> and then Agnes, right? Like there's that moment, right? Where they talk about like Agnes goes in there willingly because she thinks that's what's expected of her. And it's like kind of what like societal expectations do to women. Mm-hmm. So she goes into that and gets buried alive and then just is like now she's just like thoughts and feelings. Like she's kind yeah, of like her rotting corpse becomes the nerve center of their mushroom family line. And then from that, then he like impregnates Alice. She gives birth to Ruth and Virgil and um and then Ruth, when she grows up, she like realizes what's happening and that all of her like family's been alive for a super long time and she's trying to marry like somebody outside yeah she wants to run off with benito one of the miners um the son i think of a miner who had previously like led a strike Yeah. yeah oh that's the other thing i feel like we maybe haven't mentioned that they they used to run a silver mine Yes. Yeah. And that's where all of their money came from. And there would be periods where the miners would all get this mysterious fever. And like be like talking to people that weren't there and like yeah. and eventually die. And that was the spore. And that happened like four times. And yeah, then it just kept <laughs> happening. 
And then and, the, the mine got flooded or something. And then they were like, we can't do it right now. Yeah, because what happened is once Ruth shot Howard, he had to like devote so much of his energy to keeping himself alive because the wound was so extreme that he could no longer control the miners. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. The miners weren't protecting the mine. The mine flooded. Everything went downhill. And so he sent Virgil out. Well, he sent, first he sent Florence out. Florence found, Richard. I forget the name of, oh, Richard? Richard. Found Richard, who is Francis's dad. And Francis's dad went nuts and probably killed himself. Um, and then Virgil gets sent out because his first attempt with his cousin like failed because she died in childbirth because they're too fucking inbred. Mm-hmm. And so he goes out. He finds Catalina, brings her back. She's pregnant. She figures out what's going on. She's resisting them. Catalina brings in Noemi to try to save her, which honestly I thought was a little bit rude of her. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I, I did think that I was like, girl, like, you know what you're bringing Why? her into. It's like, I get that you, like, trust her and need saving, but my God. She was not taking right a gamble. I think she should have maybe asked the dad, Noemi's <laughs> dad, to come because they would not have tried to marry him. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I sort of... Here's uh, <laughs> a thought I had as I was falling asleep last night. I was like, well, she could have been, like, more specific in her letter. <laughs> oh, my God, Lindsay. This girl is, like, losing her mind. She has, like, one second of lucidity. She's writing it out. And you're like, mm, I just would have appreciated a detail. I just would have appreciated, detail. like, a little more, like, some deets. Like, as opposed to just there are ghosts living in the walls. Maybe, like, dear uncle, please bring help. I'm being tortured. And my husband is keeping me here. Um, as a slave to their family line, bring the police. I'm just saying she could have yeah. written bring the police or yeah. something as opposed to like, <laughs> I need my cousin Noemi by my side. And yeah. get, don't also worry, fucked. no one needs to really check in on her yes. that much. It's fine. <laughs> oh my God, I know. And like not nothing like, I'm in danger. These people are psychotic. There's this thing called the gloom. I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even saying like don't don't explain the situation because you will just sound crazy. Right. Just write like I'm being tortured and held against my will. Bring the police. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I just like a no, quick note for true, Catalina because what she wrote made them actually think like she's just crazy. Yeah, you just need to go get her out of there so we can get her to a doctor. Okay, so like if you are experiencing some kind of like constant psychedelic nightmare <laughs> because your husband is trying to poison you to become part of this like sentient spore, like don't sound crazy when you write a letter. <laughs> or I'm saying you can sound crazy. Just include held against my will. Yeah. Just like. Well, I think she did. Well, didn't she say something like that? And then like. She probably did. But yeah, the but the uncle was like. I tried to mention psychiatric care and then the I honestly I think that Noemi's dad bad decision because she didn't say send she didn't say send Noemi. She said I need help and then he wrote to Virgil and was like she needs psychological help 
And then Virgil was like, you will not speak that word to me. And then he was like, I'm going to send my daughter. No, no, no. She very <laughs> she much said, her? send Noemi. She, here's the letter. Girl, no. He is trying to poison me. This house is sick with rot, stinks of decay, brims with... So she was say, she was specific. I take she it back, Catalina. Specific. I am so sorry. Uh, stinks of decay, brims with every single evil and cruel sentiment. I have tried to hold on to my wits to keep this foulness away, but I cannot. And I find myself losing track of time and thoughts. Please. Please, they are cruel and un- okay. So I'm wrong. They are cruel and unkind, and they will not let me go. Yeah, she's doing oh, wow. okay. my door, but still they come. They whisper. I read this last night, and I still didn't remember. They whisper at nights, and I am so afraid of these restless dead, these ghost fleshless things. The snake eating its tail, the foul grounds beneath our feet, the false faces and false tongues, the web upon which the spider walks, making the strings vibrate. I okay. am Catalina, Catalina Taboada, Catalina, Kata, Kata, come out to play. I miss Noemi. Oh, I pray yeah, I'll see does, you again. Yeah. You must come for me, Noemi. You have to save me. I cannot save myself as much as I wish to. I am bound, threads like iron through my mind and my skin, and it's there in the walls. It does not release its hold on me, so I must ask you to spring me free. Cut it from me. Stop them now. For God's sake, hurry, Catalina. And I wouldn't go. So she's asked for you. Right. I would no, be I, like, yeah. we're going in their guns ablaze. Yeah. <laughs> I guess also, this is part of the thing of it being the 50s, though, isn't yeah. it? Is it's like, will you always defer to the husband? Yeah. So like, and of course, like, you're is... like, hey, what's going on with her? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's like, this is classic, like, oh, this is women's nonsense. Like, ca- she's no, I mean, hysterical. Go out there and, like, truly? Okay. Now, I know that we shouldn't be giving notes. So I, I'm so sorry, Catalina. That was no, so no. That's wrong actually with me. like that's a pretty good letter. And that is a very. I, good I apologize. You're you're yes. really painting a picture there. Actually, yes. what <laughs> I'm gonna say here is maybe paint less of a picture. Like yes. the whole thing with the snake eating its tail, foul ground girl. Like don't include that because like really, it, so it's not. That's helpful. where we get into your note about like I know that you're crazy. Yeah, but don't be. But crazy maybe in don't the sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm also forgetting. Is is there is it possible that she asked for Noemi because they wanted Noemi to come so that they could get her into the family? Oh, maybe. Or maybe was that the what just like a was good making her coincidence? That. And then um, once she's there, they're like, "Oh yeah." Uh, I think it's possible, yeah. but I didn't like uh Francis. Um, I think it's just a happy slash yeah. very unfortunate accident. Because Virgil like says to her, he's like, oh, I picked Catalina. But like, had I like known about, about you, you before, which like he's like, after I got to know you here in your stay here, like I would have wanted you because like you're you're strong. You know, you're so strong and like you can bear my babies. Um, you could bear my spore babies. Your spore babies. I feel like that's like one thing with it too is how it's like they're like she is this family is in ruin. They're ugly. They're inbred. They have no money. Like they have no social standing. They suck. Yeah. And Noemi is like popular, beautiful, rich. She is better than them. Yeah. Like and yet they still think like it's the them coming in and like you know, it's the colonization thing where they come in and they're still they still think they're like, well, we want your body so we can have it. Yeah. Like yeah. we deserve it, even though it's like she's it's, 
so much better than you. Mm -hmm. And it's so ridiculous because they're like, we are the stronger race, um, but to stay alive, we do need your genes. (laughs) Yeah. What's the hypocrisy there? And also like they are their house, right? Like they Mm -hmm. are this like, oh, it's like, like, and that's why people like Catalina get swept in and believe that they're better because like, she says, you know, oh, Catalina reads like those stories about on the moor and like Weathering Heights and all this stuff that's sold to you. That's like, oh, this is like peak romance or peak class or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they have, you know, they import the earth from England and like they're like, oh, we're not going to do it in the architectural style of around here, but we're going to do basically just like an English manor. Yeah, it's a Victorian mansion it is like i did think it was kind of interesting to have this classic gothic setting plopped in the middle of Mm -hmm. like yeah a little town in mexico and then of course like that's where it all goes down Mm -hmm. yeah and i like that it's like literally infecting the earth around them and like i I like that idea of there was such a good sense of like claustrophobia yes like even reading it because i feel like every time she goes into town like you yeah. breathe a little bit oh my god i was like girl just like stay there for five more minutes right? like yes. there's some, like the second she's in town you're like okay like don't go back yeah yeah <laughs> like now you're good you you're your only father. 10 minutes away but like you're good now <laughs> yeah 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 um oh, i forgot what i was gonna say I don't know. But on a slightly different note, I I highlighted this part that I really liked and I think is like illustrates a couple of things that we were talking about. One, like how she recognizes Virgil's um, good looks without being like uh, dumb about it. Yeah. And also how she's written as a strong character without being like, but I am a strong woman. And mm-hmm. um. And also just good writing. So, so like she's with him, blah, blah, blah. She had not been able to recall what he looked like. This is their first meeting again at the house. He was fair hair, blue eyed like his father, and his coolly sculpted face with, was burnished with imperiousness. His double breasted lounge suit was sleek, charcoal gray with herringbone pattern, very proper, though he'd eschewed. Issued, yeah. Issued a tie, and the top button of his shirt was undone as if he were trying to imitate a casualness it was impossible for him to possess. She was not sure how she should address him. Boys her age were easy to flatter, but he was older than she was. She must be more serious, temper her natural flirtatiousness, lest he think her silly. He had the stamp of authority here, but she also had authority. She was an envoy. The Kublai Khan sent messengers across his realm who carried a stone with his seal, and whoever mistreated a messenger would be put to death. Catalina had told her this story, narrating fables and history for Noemi. Let Virgil understand, then, that Noemi had an invisible stone in her pocket. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such good writing. <laughs> yeah. An invisible stone in her pocket. Yeah. It's not like, I'm not like other girls. I want to be an anthropologist and not get married. She's like, I've got a stone in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like, yeah, I I don't know. I just really liked how it had some like really classic gothic tropes, but it totally upended them or yeah. used them in a new way. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, the, what is it? De- not disintegrating, but like the eroding, oh, the like, decay. rotting, yeah, family and home and all that 
is such a classic yes. gothic trope. But like in this one, it's like the family doesn't leave because they're tied to it by spores. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the weird um, servants. Like I, I really thought oh, that that yeah. was such a good callback in the end where she realizes like it's not because they're just weird it's because they don't have brains of their own anymore yeah they're just yeah. They're like basically zombies puppets. um can i read a part the part where he asks her to look at his um his uh, prints uh. <laughs> okay i thought you were gonna say howard look at his like leg or something ew no <laughs> never maybe later okay so um so he's like talking about his his mushrooms and so uh do you like all plants or are your botanical interests limited to mushrooms i like all plants and i've pressed a large share of flowers leaves ferns and such but mushrooms are more interesting i make spore prints and draw a little he said looking pleased what's a spore print you place the gills on a paper surface and they leave an impression of it it's used to help identify mushrooms and the botanical illustrations they're beautiful such colors i might perhaps perhaps what she asked when he didn't continue he clutched the red piece of cloth in his left hand tightly Perhaps you'd like to see the print sometime. I'm sure it doesn't sound exciting, but if you find yourself terribly bored, it might be a distraction. <laughs> I'd like to, thanks, she said, helping him out since he seemed to have lost all knowledge of words and was looking mutely at the ground as if the right sentence might sprout there. He smiled at her, carefully setting the red handkerchief back on top of the mushrooms. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part where he, act, he like touches her hand and then she gets dirt on herself. And he says, I'm afraid I might have dirtied you. Mm-hmm. And that's just so like, he's like saying, I like... I'm taint. I'm ruining you because I'm part of this like disgusting incest family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like you're not wrong. No, not yeah. wrong. Not wrong. No. But uh, you know, you're a victim as well. Yeah, it's... like your family is absolutely gross. But <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're good, and that's nice. And I guess we're we're, yeah. we're supposed to like take from that that that's like because his dad was outside the family, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so so yeah. he's a little more resistant, kind of like her. Yeah. And Florence, like his mom is so mean to uh, him. Oh, uh, she's mean Ugh. to everybody. Florence. She's a mean sucks. lady. Not nice. She's like, she's internalized misogyny, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I this other part that I really liked that like gets it the um creepiness and rotting house. So um they've had like their first dinner, and then Virgil comes in and he's like, here, have this wine. And she's like, okay. And then she starts to feel more and more comfortable because the wine is like laced with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, let me pour you another glass, Virgil said, playing the role of the attentive host. It could grow on you, this drink. Already it had lulled her into a half sleep and she blinked when he spoke. His hand brushed hers as he made a gesture to refill her glass, but she shook her head. She knew her limits, traced them firmly. I just really liked that yeah. line. Trace them oh. And then later, he's walking her back to her room, and she's just, like, looking at all the <gasps> characteristics oh of the house. And um, yeah. they went up the stairs, him holding an oil lamp hand-painted with patterns of vines, which made the light emanating from it turn emerald and infused the walls with a strange hue. It painted the velvet curtains green. In one or other of her stories Catalina had told her, the Kublai Khan executed his enemies by smothering them with velvet pillows so there would be no blood. She thought this house, with all its fabrics and rugs and tassels, could smother a whole army. Yeah. It's like, mm, that's good. Oh, dude, can we talk really quick about, because like you're talking, you know, the the Virgil moments, her dreams and then Ugh. like, Ugh. okay, her like sex dreams about Ugh. like 
the tub, <laughs> and then her ending up in his. She sleepwalks to his bedroom, and you and he. You know, you know that he was in her damn dream. Like you know that, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Oh, you woke me up," and he tries to give her wine, and she's like, "I'm good. I need to go." back to my room and he's like you need to have wine and she's like what are you talking about i need to go back to my room so then he gives her a robe and then i loved this moment when he go he walks her back to her room and he's like you look good in my clothes and she's like oh you know context and i feel like i feel like we've talked about this where like a guy will say something to you and you're like i know what you're doing dude like i know that you know that like if I were to just quote what you said to my friends, like they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, that's no big deal. Yes. But you know the context, buddy. You know that right now we are like, you know that it's inappropriate you're saying this to me. You know that like your wife is sleeping in the other room and this is dark and we're alone in my room and I'm wearing your bathrobe and I, you know I had a sex dream about you just now. Like it's all the context where you're just like, I know I seem crazy for reading into this so much, but I'm not because you know what you're doing. Yeah, I liked how she said, or the not she said. I keep saying she said, but actually, it's like um, third person omniscient. Yeah, right? yeah. So, but it's it, only her. Like, yeah, we only know it's her only thoughts. in her head. Um, so w- how it was like if he had said that to her at a party, mm-hmm. it could have been like a casual light joke that could have been banter. Yeah, and if he was like laughing while he said it. Uh-huh. And there were lots of people around and th- the context was different. But in that moment, she's like, bitch, don't mm-hmm. you ever say that to me again. <laughs> she's like, Cause, get away from me. Yeah. She's like, this is suggestive. And you know that I'm that if I tell anybody, they're going to be like, oh, you're reading into it. But I know that you know that I know. Yeah, We both know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I think like that was one of the scenes where I was like, oh my god, this is scary. It's like where <laughs> one of the one of the sleepwalking ones where she's just like walking through like the dark. Halls, oh, I could not and imagine. It's like, oh my god, anything could happen. I would yeah kill myself. I'd be so scared. <laughs> yeah, no, truly. Like, and this is such a small detail, but imagining waking up, having walked bare in that house like I was like there's something about the idea that she is not wearing shoes in the middle of the night in this dirty dirty spore house and like it's dark that she's been walking around this whole time in the dark in this scary house well in the one where she has she takes a bath and it happens <gasps> mm-hmm. I could oh. not she's in she's the like, bath and she's well that's when she wakes up in his hor- room yes she's having this horrible sex dream about him and then it bleeds into some other dreams and she she comes to in his room still wet wearing like an open bathrobe and then he gets even creepier yeah, that's when he's like drink this wine and she's like no and she has no idea how long ago her bath was she doesn't remember anything i was like oh this is so scary i didn't like that that was so scary yeah, it just gets like more and more threatening. And I feel like the way that the dreams developed is yeah. like at first you're also like, oh, they're just dreams. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on more and more, you also are like, hmm. Yeah, I truly didn't know. At that point, I thought that she hadn't been dreaming. At that point, I thought the things were actually happening. 
but really it was just like a shared like the gloom consciousness that mm-hmm. they all yeah, share in the, the way mushrooms. that like ruth talks to her and stuff yeah dude and when she's like later when he like m- he makes some joke about her like being in the bath or whatever and then she's like that was a dream and he's like how do you know that means it's not real and i was like it's like uh, no <laughs> scary i loved ruth's was it always Ruth telling her to open yeah, her eyes? Yeah, it was Ruth. Ruth telling her to open her eyes. And so that was like the magic. If she could just tell herself to open her eyes, then she could. And she would actually wake up and the gloom, the shared gloom consciousness would recede. And and Ruth just saying over and over again, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I loved that. I loved Ruth. Oh, I felt so sad for Ruth. Ruth was a hero. She was a hero. And it was this, it was honestly <laughs> ringing up Crimson Peak again. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was the same kind of thing where it's like Ruth is a ghost, but she's not like conscious. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just this like one sort of thing like imprinted. Yeah, it's yeah. like an on echo. The house. And that's kind of what like with Crimson Peak is it because there's something about bringing ghosts in that are like fully conscious like oh I died and now I'm a ghost that feels not quite as like gothic it feels a little sillier oh yeah but like like, when it's this kind of thing where it could almost sound like scientific because it's like an it's an imprint of this moment but they don't have thoughts or feelings or anything that somehow made me sadder Oh, it's, I it's, think it's, it's way sadder. sadder. Yeah. It's if way you're sadder. just a ghost ghost, it's like, okay, you still can do stuff. But when it's an imprint, it's like almost like you just, they're they are not getting to rest or something. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like constantly stuck in this like yearning and like. It's like basically a drugged version mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. It's so sad. It and then all the up. while she's having to deal with Catalina. I know. And like only getting to see her like once a week and it's always weird. And then they take <laughs> the, the the special tea away. I know. Yeah. I know. And like. Uh, That's a part where it's like it had to be. It almost had to be set in 1950 because otherwise I would have been like, hi, I came to check on my fucking cousin and this makes no sense. So let me see my cousin. This is not like if you did this in 2020, it's like. Yeah, being in bed for tuberculosis is not a thing. We're leaving. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, at the truly, time, it's like, I guess that could be what you do for tuberculosis. Like, truly, when they're like, um, talking about snakes eating their own tail is a symptom of tuberculosis, <laughs> yeah. stupid. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that the house is rotting around you and full of ghosts is a classic yeah, tuberculosis. TB symptom. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Like trouble breathing, yeah, and seeing ghosts, yeah, yeah. It, like it, like you can. I feel like you could feel like while reading it, like how frustrating that would be, especially oh yes. when she's all drugged up. So she's the one who brought you there, but like she can't help you, yeah, because Florence comes in and it's like time to go to bed, and she's like, okay, yeah, and you're like, bitch, I came here to get you out. <laughs> yeah, no, I truly like I think I would be really unfair as a cousin and kind of like be mean to Catalina because I would be like, hello, like I come here to try and hang out and like remember when we were kids and like you're being so annoying and like talking about like ghosts you coming out of the have walls. casino night with me. I don't understand. <laughs> I went and I got you your medicine and it turns out it was poison. 
Yeah, but except it what? wasn't. Because, girl, that's the other thing. I was like, Catalina, you took too many sips of it. You're only supposed to take one sip. You took six sips. Oh, and I at that point, because I was still trying to guess at what was going on, it was like I knew that there was a thing with like mold and shit. But I thought that I didn't think that Catalina was I, I thought that Catalina was pregnant and she was trying to oh, bring about a miscarriage. Oh. And so I thought the tea was was the, the like tincture that like Marta tea. made mm. was was to get rid of the baby and that like oh. the baby was making her crazy. Oh, Mushroom that's a good hypothesis. I liked what did happen, but yeah, <laughs> it would look like one of those little guys from the um, Mario games. Oh, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved that when it w- so at the end where she's like, I liked that it the plan was pretend like you're going along with things and that she didn't just go, yeah, I can't wait to be a part of this. Yeah, <laughs> that it was like, here are my terms. Fuck yeah. you guys. I can't leave this house, so I guess I'll participate, <laughs> but I am not marrying you. I'm marrying Francis. <laughs> yeah. And, and then so the they're going to discovery... hook her up with Francis. And they have, oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. But just real quick, when they're talking about how they still have to have a ceremony, mm-hmm. and um, she's like, it's fucking raining. How are we going to get a minister here? We can't get the, the like, marriage certificate or mm-hmm. anything. And they're like, oh, um, great uncle Howard will... Great Uncle Howard's leg can officiate. He's going to officiate, yeah. (laughs) He's done so before. And she says, so I'll be wed in the church of the holy incestuous mushroom, she intoned. I doubt that's valid. Yeah, And I I was like, that's hilarious. (laughs) She's very funny. She's great. She's like, you would absolutely... I feel like it's like, oh, my God, I would be so intimidated by her. Oh, my God, dude. She's just like... I she could cut you down if she's yeah. in her element and she doesn't like you. Yeah. She'd be like holding court at a party but like casually cuz she doesn't even need to. Right. And like you would just be like, "Oh my god, she would never be friends with me." <laughs> I know. <laughs> I liked the moment in the graveyard when she's talking to Francis and he's like he's like, "No, no, no, I like you." And she's like, Everybody has to say that. And he's like, I'm sure everybody likes you. And she says, yeah, well, you can't say that you don't like Noemi Taboada um, in person if you're like eating a canopy. You have to say it secretly in the foyer. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. That was really funny. Because like she knows that her status means that mm-hmm. she's being given special treatment. And she she just like she has fun with all of the the like social parties where it's like oh that's not the right way to talk about someone behind their back here's how you talk about someone behind (laughs) their back and she's just like enjoying the sport of it and she's just like really lively and sociable and fun and charming yeah anyway i'm in love with noemi i I think we're all in love with her she's the best um i did like though that catalina had her moment yeah where (gasps) oh my god oh girl she's not just totally like helpless the whole time like she does have her she has her two moments mm-hmm. yeah twin and moments it's, it's, <laughs> it's satisfying because this is a problem that I have with some horror movies and stuff and it's actually one thing that like you know one of many things that I think is was so satisfying in Get Out is that in horror movies so often there's a weird 
hesitation against actually killing the yes. person yeah. that is like trying to fucking kill you. Yeah, you've and the person will just that. be like, they're knocked out. They're good. And it's like, no, just kill them. And I like that and get yeah. out. Like it's like he he kills the whole family. Like Yeah. yeah <laughs> no. Of course Allison Williams, like someone has to come after him for a final scene. But like, you know, it's not just like it's I knocked because, out the dad yes, and, and then now I'm good. just gonna run away. Yeah. And um with this one, like I liked that when I mean not Howard because he can't die that way, but like, you know, when it comes to her stabbing Virgil in the eye, it's not like he's down, let's go. Yeah. It's like no, no. this fucking piece of shit tried to like steal my body and keep me prisoner and torture me. I'm going to stab him a few times. Yeah, she stabs him and Howard, although like you said, Howard can't. But she does way. stab she him does. multiple times. I yeah, it's she like, yes, goes why for would it. you only stab someone one time? Yeah, and in the eye where you know it's going to stick, you yeah. know? And that happens at that moment that like you were about to talk about Kelly, the reveal that they weren't just going to let her marry Francis. Yeah. yeah, that Francis Ugh. was the was the transfer the whole time. I was so upset for Francis, like, Francis. and for Noemi. I ugh. and it it <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Like I like that the reasoning makes sense. Yeah, like the yes. dawning of it, where it's like, oh, of course, why would they give up their favorite? Like they don't yeah. want Francis, so of course, like they wouldn't mind losing him. Yeah, yeah they're just gonna like Great Uncle Howard's gonna transfer into Francis and be married to. Poor Noemi, and she would never know. Yeah. I actually was like truly afraid that Francis was going to die. I was the- too, and I really and I didn't was want so it to. I so relieved. I was like, Yay! I know. I really liked that nobody good died, but it yeah. didn't feel like a cheat. No. Yes, exactly. Because no, everybody because- got good and fucked up in the yeah, process. Yeah, they got pretty yeah. fucked up. Like, and I and I love that that Catalina was the one who got to kill or do like the killing motion for both Howard and Francis as or and um uh Virgil, Virgil. as well. Yeah. Because yeah. like that bitch went through so much more, you know, like yeah, let it's her like, have that. Oh yeah. yeah. Like this was like a year of her life. Yeah. Yeah. So I was she like, was, go girl. She she needed help because like Noemi had only been there a couple weeks at most. Catalina was trapped there and her mind was fucked up and so I loved and I really didn't see it coming I loved her moment of justice and killing Howard because they're there Francis is about to be taken over they're about to do the transfer and Noemi can't do shit because they're holding her back but they kind of forgot about Catalina because she was playing dumb and then right at that moment Noemi sees her like like the life come back in her eyes and she goes oh shit (laughs) and then just stabs the shit out of Howard and they get away and I was like justice for Catalina (laughs) truly it was like and and it was totally earned too because like they forgot about Catalina just like we did like as I was reading it I was like oh yeah damn Catalina's been there the whole time and like she could have been faking it we don't know and she did and I mean it's the thing where it's like with Catalina like we as readers heard about her like as a person yeah but we never really saw her as a Mm -hmm. person we saw her as like a shell Mm -hmm. yeah so it was nice that within the book like she got to come back a little yeah yeah and then you do see it's like oh she she might have been able to save herself if she'd like had a little 
more warning. She wasn't just weak. She was like fully ambushed. Well, and that was, yeah, that was the thing because like Noemi went in there knowing something's up. This family's weird. I got a warning. Like, whereas Catalina like met this very handsome guy. Yeah. Yeah. She thought she was in love and like going to be like, yeah, just going and living with her new handsome husband who she thinks she loves like family like why would you have your guard up for that exactly and i'm not trying to say that like oh if somebody was just weak then like oh well and that's their fault i more mean like you can't like you can't judge anybody for getting trapped in that yeah, situation exactly. it, it's like even you were... a part where they say that she tried to escape once with Francis's yeah, help did. and she just wasn't prepared mm-hmm. she like so she, she didn't... tried yeah so it's not that it's it's not that anybody would be weak in that situation everybody who got in there got totally fucked yeah, yeah. and there's no escaping that kind of systemic abuse um so yeah, it was just really nice to, it's, like you said, it was really nice that you get to see her actual personality and like charm and and care for Noemi. And it wasn't just like, thanks for saving me. I have to sleep this off. It was like, yeah. then she's trying to take care of Noemi. It was just yeah. like really, really nice. I agree. There was one thing I thought was cute that was like... um when they're trying to when they're escaping and they're going through like the underground tunnel mm-hmm. that like goes to the crypt and there's like Francis's like incomplete escape bag and there's two sweaters in it. Uh-huh. And Noemi hands a sweater to Catalina and to Francis. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, because it's probably gonna be chilly out there. And it's like <laughs> I just <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> She Dude. doesn't take one for herself. No, no. She's like, well, I'm the I like. They need it because they're just little. They're just little baby <laughs> chicks. Like, yeah. I don't need it. Also, she's like, listen, I'm already. I'm working up a sweat carrying you guys, so it's fine. <laughs> I lo- and I oh, loved. I did. The- oh, Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I loved that. Like one of Catalina's moments of lucidity, or like her being sneaky, and it's like, oh, she she is like trying to help more than it seemed like is when she's like hmm because one of the maids mary is like been placed there to spy on them so that they can't really fully talk about things and catalina's like "Mm, would you care to read me some poetry yeah yes and noemi opens the book and she finds a letter that she thinks is from catalina catalina and she's like oh good and she she tucks it away quickly and then she reads some of the poems and she leaves and she opens the letter and it's it's Catalina being like, here's the truth. And then it, <laughs> so it's like, oh, good for Catalina. But then it, I kind of laughed because it was just more nonsense. <laughs> well, it was Ruth's nonsense. Because it was Ruth's nonsense. It was a <laughs> journal from, journal entry from Ruth talking about how like she's going to stop it all. And they're all like, there's a sickness. And I was like, it's like nice to have this, but it's not really that much more helpful <laughs> it's it i do imagine noemi like opening it and being like what is this uh, it's like okay. yes i know this i know <laughs> yeah. something weird is afoot yeah i know she's like yes yes snakes eating their own tail yes yes people yes. on the walls yes yes um and it's it's nice because it is like a further piece of the puzzle but at the same time it's like what the fuck am i supposed to do with this now it's yeah like, it's like right? not it's not a magic key or anything it's just like all right, so I guess Ruth isn't sorry. Okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always think that like the the scariest horror 
is when it's something that becomes like a part of the person and it's like inescapable. Yes. Because yes. there's something yes. very comforting about something where it's like they're in a house. But if you get out of the house, if you make it to morning, if, 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 then you're good. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that's the reason like it follows scared yeah. me so much is it's yeah. like it, something happens and then you're like, there's literally no escaping this. It'll follow you forever. Yes. Like and you so are haunted, not the Yes. House. And yeah. so it's the moment where like she realizes that she can't leave because the scores are <gasps> oh my in God. her. Yes. Like that's when it, I feel yeah. like gets like super disturbing. Horror. There's a certain type of like, I want to say, I guess it's body horror that like really scares me. And it's when like you, when, when like the character realizes, and I think it's similar that like something has changed inside of them mm-hmm. that they can't unchange mm-hmm. and there's no going back. Yeah. And so you're, they're just like fucked and like you couldn't have saved them no matter what you did. Yeah. Like it's, it's inside. It's the scariest thing. Yeah. And I because can't. Because it's like th- that realization would just be so horrifying. Yeah. That there is no escape. Like. Yeah. Because there's there will never be a moment in your life where you're safe from it. Yeah. I couldn't help but think of COVID. Yeah. While I was reading this, especially like it's it's scary now, but to an extent, finding out that masks were a more important key than hand washing. Mm-hmm. Not that hand washing isn't important, but to find out that it can't actually survive on surfaces as much as I thought was comforting in a measure because yeah. those moments where I was like, if I go do laundry, I could die. Like yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. to go and I have to like scrub everything down and then I have to come back and I have to wash my hands and I have to scrub down every surface that I touched when I came back in. It's just like being everywhere and you can't keep it out and you don't know where it is and it's invisible and it can it's like gonna change your entire body. It's not just like getting the flu. It's like then you're gonna be filled with like a tiny, like a bunch of tiny little blood clots. They yeah. could go off at any moment. I yeah. just couldn't I I couldn't help but think of COVID and like the insidiousness yeah. of it being in the very air itself. Yeah. 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 And it like, yeah, it could be the most mundane thing. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't realize it. Infection. It's the nature of not realizing that you could be like getting infected. Like she doesn't realize she's just in this house and drinking yeah. this tea. Mm-hmm. And doesn't know that the whole time, like, it's it's changing her very body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, creepy. And I and I loved to and in this, oh my god, when they talk <laughs> about the fungus that infects the cicadas and how they <gasps> yes. still do the mating sound even though inside it's like just powder because <sighs> the yeah. The, and, and it's like this husk of a thing that still instinctually doesn't want to be alone. And then Francis is like, I don't want, I'm afraid I'm the cicada. And I was like, no. Francis. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm the, I'm just a corpse singing for a mate. I was like, yeah. I was like, true uh, though. <laughs> but yeah, I wanna- I, they all have like their own horror to yes. deal with after this. Like they all it's all they all have kind of the same trauma like this last night, but they all have their own unique horrifying thing that they have to deal with after the fact. Like for him, it's the fact that he is this and that's like 
Yeah, he he just is. And now he's the last one. And he'll always be like, should I just like, you Kill know, myself? Yeah. And yeah. they can never have kids. Oh, God, they no. both have it. God, no. I mean, it kind yeah. of also reminds me of. Um, did you guys watch Haunting of Bly Manor? Yeah. Like the. <laughs> oh, I watched two episodes. Okay. Well, do you care about spoilers? <laughs> um, not for this. No. Okay. Um, so like basically, if you guys care about spoilers for Haunting of Blind Manor, skip ahead. But basically, like, um, the au pair, like, in order to save everybody, like, lets the, I guess, Lady of the Lake type thing yeah. that is killing everybody into her, and so she just knows that someday, at some point in the future she's going to be taken by it forever and she will like hurt someone around her. And then so she just ev- eventually decides to like give herself to the lake and like just stay in there rather than be around people she loves. And like that, I feel oh, like so it's sad. It's really sad. It's very sad um, because she like wakes up at one point and realizes that she was about to strangle her wife. And so she's like, I got to go. And so she just leaves and... And like relegates herself to the lake and and never comes back, um, and that's what like Francis's fear feels like to me, where he's like, totally. well, I don't know, like someday maybe. And, and like- it's the same way that like yeah, it's it more as the years go by, she starts seeing like her reflection, and when she sees her reflection, it's more and more like yeah, the Lady of the Lake. This is like I think it's Noemi actually. Yes, says. the gold. Where she's like, um, like one day, am yes. I going to look into his eyes and see like that gold ring? Yeah. Or yeah. she's like, or will it be in mine? Like, we don't know. Yeah. I was like, girl, I don't know. That's <laughs> you what you makes this so horrifying is it's not like, whew, we got out. It's like, this is a part of me now. Well, that's like, it's so like, that's what trauma is, right? Like, even if you escape it, like, you don't know. I was talking about this with my sister like about hurt how like people tra- hurt people. Yeah, like how trauma is like a chronic illness where it's like just sometimes there's a flare up and then you just have to deal with it and you always have it um, and you learn how to manage it. But sometimes it just gets out of control and there's nothing you can do. And it can. It feels like a generational curse if it's related yes. to family trauma. Yes, because you're like, do will I pass this on to the future like my parents passed it on to me and like yeah. blah, 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 blah. Oh, this book was so good. Oh, can we talk about the moment where um, Virgil comes down into the ba- like that crypt basement thing, and they're like, like they're like looking at the at the um, Agnes. Yeah, like, and then oh yeah, and then he, so at first he's like, great, he's dying, and then you're like, wait, what? And then he's like, so I can become king of the gloom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like oh no. <laughs> I was like, no, scary. Oh, and that moment when he's like. Yeah, so you were going to marry Francis, but, like, I was going to rape you for, like, eternity. And Francis, if you're going to be so, like, butthurt about it, we can share her. It's fine. When I was like, you son of a bitch. Like, him seriously being like, I don't know why you're freaking out. Like, you can just have her sometimes. Yeah, like, you sound crazy right now. (laughs) Fix your face. And it's like, he just thinks that everyone is, is, like, as terrible as he is. Yeah. And it's also so much about, like, the just quest for, like, this this obsession with power because he wants to be like king of the gloom but it's like but what is your domain yes. truly <laughs> like, like look at your castle Vir- virgil it looks like dog crap this life 
sucks shit. <laughs> like, what are you even doing all day? This sucks. Go get a job in Mexico City. You want to live City. like this Jesus forever? Christ. Are you kidding me? I know. Truly. Okay, this is going to be... Okay, Go this is a moment. a fucking architect or something. This is bullshit it truly okay this king of the mushrooms you fucking freak i tr- okay i had a moment when i was in i think i don't or it was like eight years ago i had this neighbor who like just bugged me all the time you know just like uh she i think she had munchausen's um where she like pretended she broke her arm so that i would help her oh, i remember you talking about this yeah lady. it was really bad she oh like God. Yeah, she like came in with like a sling and was like, I broke my arm. Can you help me get dressed? And like, I didn't know she was (sighs) like that at first. So I had to and I couldn't get her shirt off of her. And she's like, just rip it off my body. And I was like, I just don't really want to be participating in this. And I didn't know. And so I just kept helping her. And then one of my other neighbors was like, do not help her because like, it's just going to this is going to be your life. Like. And she at one point was like, I like being being taken care of because I feel like a princess and like blah, 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 all this oh. stuff. And it was truly like very disturbing that I was involved in this. But at one point, so like then like I just started to like feel absolute hatred towards her because every time I walked by, she'd be like, can you help me do this and like do this thing? And it was just so constant. Like I couldn't be in my house without her trying to get to- at you. Yeah, trying to monopolize my time. And I know this makes me sound like very hard hearted. No. Because she had a no, satellite. That's weird. But it was very bad. Like it was truly like I, I, I was like sneaking to my apartment. Like she would knock on my door at all hours and be like, can you put my clothes on and oh my stuff like God. that. Like, it was really bad. So there's no, one she point. She needs like much more involved help than you. She needs yeah. professionals. And yeah. that is a pathology that's not just like. I'm I'm like frail and need. Yeah, yeah. Like it was well, it was like Munchausen's for sure because she kept like <clears throat> pretending she was sick. Ugh. Yeah, that's so then super weird. So I you saying the whole like king of what? So <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of this time I was like cooking on my or no 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 I was spray painting something outside like away from where she was and she came and I finished everything and I I put it away. And she knocked on my door and she was like, hello, hello. And I was like, oh, God. So I opened the door. I'm like, what's up, Louise? And she was like. Her name would be Louise. Yeah, her it's name was Louise. such a Louise. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, you're poisoning me with your spray. And I was like, and I just, I, I don't think I've ever had such an evil thought. <laughs> but I just like looked at her and I just thought like what are you preserving like why <laughs> like it was so bad and I was like Kelly that's so- somehow even crueler than what I like my knee-jerk cruel reaction because you're poisoning me my knee-jerk reaction and of course I don't actually think this but kind yeah. of in the same way you think about like throwing yourself off a right. high place when you're standing there but um, <laughs> you said you're poisoning me my thought was good yeah, but or somehow like, you like what that? you like you probably love yeah, that so much you? cooler. Yeah, yeah you yes, wish. exactly. Like, oh, you you wish. No, I just like I had that thought, and I was like, okay, Kelly, you need to distance yourself from this woman because that was a cruel thought. You need to step away. So I had to be mean to her eventually, and just be like, I'm not going to help you anymore. And she, oh, I've, I've talked about this on the show. So she used to always talk in this baby voice, right? She'd be like, man, can you help me? Blah blah blah. How right? old was she? Older. I want to say she was like. 
anywhere between, well, she could have been like 48 and just like rode hard, put away wet. Right. But she, I want to say she was like 50, probably. Okay. That's about what I was thinking. Yeah. And I, um, so I remember one day I had told her like, you know, I can't keep helping you, Louise. And then the next day I was taking a shower and getting ready for work. And I just hear like, hello, hello. Mm. And I was like, oh God, she's back. So I just hid in, like I turned off the water and just stood there with shampoo in my hair waiting for her to leave. She didn't leave for like 10 minutes. <gasps> so I get out and I'm like, what's up, Louise? And she's standing there with just her shirt open and her arm <gasps> in the sling. What the fuck, man? This yeah. seems like sexual. Yeah. And she's like, can you put this shirt on me? I mean, she's wearing a bra. But she's like, can you button it up? And I was like, you don't have any pullovers, Louise? Like, what's going on here? And she's like, my arm is broken. And I, like, look at her and I'm like, then why isn't it in a cast, Louise? And she's like, because I have a bone condition where I make too much calcium. And I was like, what? (laughs) So then, yeah. So then I was like, I was like, I can't help you, Louise. I'm sorry. I can't keep doing this. I have to go to work. And she pushed past me and walked into my apartment. I forgot about. Yeah, the and she was like, "It's only going to take story. a second. Ugh. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and I was shaking. I was shaking, and I was like, "I was like, this is the last time I'm helping you, Louise." And she was like, "Just put it on." Oh. And then I literally had to like push her away, and I will never forget the feeling of her fucking skin uh. because it was like uh. thin but really soft. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Papery. Uh, yeah. That's like scary. It That's a really like, fucking scary. scene from this book, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's the leg. The arm <laughs> is the leg. <laughs> That's him. That's like Virgil saying you look good in my clothes oh. times 10. God. I can't believe she didn't like vomit in your mouth. <laughs> I'm amazed you're not like. Louise and Kelly's body I, right now. I am a spore. I have to tell you, it it truly like it was really. Is your dark name and Louise disturbing. Doyle? That's disgusting. Truly okay. And then like when I packed my stuff and I was moving out, she screamed out her door. I'm glad you're moving out. And I was like, me too, Louise. <laughs> oh my god! Like after some point, we were a- villain. Yeah, we were like evil to each other afterwards. Like she would just be so mean. Like she'd be like, like. You know, like she'd be like, yeah, I hope your car gets towed. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? Me too, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus my God. Christ. It was great. Uh, I mean, for God in the about moment, Louise. it was like truly a dark nightmare for me. Oh, that I, Louise. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> I know. I know. And also, she like pretended that her brother lived with her. Oh yeah, but he, I never saw him in my in my life. So I was like, that man is bones. That man is bones <laughs> in the next room. <laughs> that man's a anything, mushroom. That man is like, made of mushrooms. He's yeah. in a planter in your fucking house. You should be like, my brother is like t- doing this, you know, and he's here. And I was like, where? And she's like, oh, in the other room. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it is so chilling, like deeply, deeply chilling to catch somebody yeah. in an elaborate yes. lie like yes. that. Like it's so like there's lies. There's a there's a genre of lies that it's like, wow, that's like, you know, I can see why you did that, like mm-hmm. to get something. And that was a betrayal of my trust. And I'm hurt and I can't trust you. Da, da, da. But then there's the genre of lies where it's just the creepiest thing. Yeah. You've ever heard in your fucking life. And it's so big. It's such an aggressive, big yes. lie for no reason that it like 
it it puts the onus on you as the person. Like, if you call them out, that's a crazy. Because can you imagine, right? Like, telling Hilaria Baldwin to her face, like you're not <laughs> fucking Spanish. Yes. Oh can God, you we have to do that mini sode on that. Yeah. yeah. And there's also the whole thing of it's like, what kind of person yeah. has it in them? To not to think that like they're not going to be found out. Yes, it's mm-hmm. the it's it's the so sheer Trump hubris. Like Hilaria Baldwin, it's like yeah. I can't think of any more hum anything more humiliating. Oh, like that's the God. kind of lie that once you're once you're found out, you're like, how do I even go on? Yeah, but, yeah. But what in you thinks that there's any chance you won't get caught in that lie eventually? Because truly, like. I think I would be completely consumed by panic at being discovered all the time. Yes, any normal person yeah. would. But I, I here, and I've, I, I, okay. When I was, um, like in my early twenties, um, I had to go through this like, uh, kind of awakening about myself where I thought that I was fooling everybody with like how amazing I was, but really I was like an annoying narcissist, and I found out that people are polite, and I still remember the moment that I discovered it and I was just like oh was I had met this other girl who who did a lot of the stuff that I did like I could see it you know you recognize it like I was just like game recognized game yeah (laughs) not that I was a pathological liar at the time but I like exaggerated things so much because I needed to be the most interesting person anyone had ever, ever met and I saw her do that and I was like I see what you're doing and she was also like annoying and this mutual friend or this friend of mine was talking to her and she was just being so annoying and like telling these really obvious lies. And he was like, you know, just kind of humoring her. And afterwards I was like, why did you humor her? And he was like, I'm being polite. And I was like, oh my God, I think people have been being polite to me my whole life. And I went through this like complete crisis and it like changed. But so like that, the fact that, like, I, I think it's just that people are polite. So, like, a lot of times people will do these crazy big lies because no one is mean enough to be like, um, you're not Spanish. Like, do you, <laughs> do you want me to just get out all the evidence to your face? Because, like, I don't know how yeah, else to tell you you're lying. This. Yeah. Well, the thing about your story about Louise, that final time. <laughs> yeah, the final time. Yeah. Um, it. The thing that disturbs me the most, sure, and what, I think what one thing Emily Emily <laughs> using the word chilling is the most sure. Like that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. The moment she dropped the voice, yeah, the yeah, mm-hmm. I, that I is also the scariest part. That to is me. like so even scary. I'm so getting chills pushing into about your apartment. Although, like, I wasn't there, so I didn't feel the physical threat of that. Right, but just the psychological fucked upness of yeah. truly finding out that she was faking a helpless voice on top of everything is like you have pulled off your mask and your face is made of maggots yeah no 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 truly truly that is the experience that i felt was that it like being like oh all of the i knew that it was a ruse but the extent to which that this was a ruse and the fact that you thought affecting a baby voice would get me to help you know what i mean like it's just like so many layers where it's like oh this is who you really are and i'm seeing it in this moment i don't i've talked recently about how like 
the phrase mental illness does not sit right with me when you're talking mm-hmm. about like depression or schizophrenia or something like that. Well, I don't know. It depends on the extent of the schizophrenia, I guess. But like anxiety, depression, et cetera, they don't strike me as like mental illness. This woman seems mentally ill. That is I mean, a sickness. Yeah. She's fully doing a Munchausen's thing. So I and yeah, it's agree. also the thing when like if the the mask is dropped, the voice is dropped. I think it's also that moment of it's like, okay, if the rue if you're willing to drop the ruse right now and like mask is off, what else are you willing to do? Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. if what now else we're is- not upholding this game anymore, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you gonna do now? Yeah. Yes. The unpredictability. They're willing to do a lot. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> she and, I, and on truly, her voice is so disturbing. Yeah. Really so it's disturbing. Like that or faking an accent, putting on a totally different voice. Yeah. The voice. The brother <sighs> thing is also really scary. The brother thing is yeah. scary. Also, so she like needed. Also, ice she was a mushroom her, person. Yeah. She needed <laughs> ice for her for her broken arm which also you don't ice a broken arm so like i don't know whatever yeah what so she's fuck? like i need ice for my broken arm and so she's like can you make me ice packs and she would always she would come what? over when they quote ran out so what? i was like here's what i'm gonna do louise i'm gonna put a bunch of ice in a bowl and it's gonna be in your freezer and you can refill it all the time and she said to me i don't know how to get the ice and what? such a fucking lie yep and i was like truly the the deception that you are willing to go through just to get me to take care of you as if you are a child. What would she do if actually confronted with? Probably murder me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I would be like the brother. I'd be I'd be a spore yeah, the in the brother, other room. Yeah, the brother is currently a planter in her bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's she was also very bizarre to be trying to get... Like, there's definitely an element of trying to get this from a stranger. Mm-hmm. Like, you being a stranger is definitely part of the game. Mm-hmm. And it seems like yes. you not wanting to do it is a big part of it. Well, like, truly, because if you want people to take care of you, but you're forcing them to, like, like that's another, I mean, of course, that's such a subtler layer. But, like, to me, I'm like, I don't want someone paying attention to me unless they want to pay attention to me. Not yeah. because I'm forcing them to do you know yeah yeah seems like the manipulation was part of it yeah Ugh. yeah it, it truly like made me feel sick all the time and i was like this like i i moved because of her because i was like i can't continue i would here. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure that's Relatable. like a reason to move yeah because it's like you're being terrorized in your own home mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't be in my house because she would just come over that's like the it's not even like just when you ran into her the fact that she would like stand outside your door yeah and just call out and not even so call my name just weird. say hello over and over again oh so weird. god but it truly is i mean she is like uh you know the spores like she haunted me i not my home yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway spores um and, uh the shit kingdom of mushrooms yeah yeah i love this book though so thank you so much for for telling it for getting us to read it emily yeah i mean i'm sure you would have read it anyways but thanks for having me on i really i just really liked it i've been recommending it like a lot i really like like it and it's like yeah that's the thing i do love a thriller but like i love like you know shirley jackson and stuff me too me too and i I feel like i like a, a spooky mood 
I prefer spooky yeah. to just like straight up murder. We love yeah. an ambiance, and this like, book is those, all ambiance. Those don't get into you as much. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I I enjoy reading those because it's fun to be like, what happened? But mm-hmm. like those never like make you like feel that like, oh my god, is there a presence in my room? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like these do like. There was another one I read around the same time that was called like A Little Stranger. Uh-huh. And it was a very effective gothic horror. Ooh, I'm um, going to write that down. And it's it's really good. It's much slower and like that also made me kind of scared, but this one I think is an that one felt more old school. This one is like an equally effective like true gothic, yeah. but more fun. Yeah. It had the pacing of a modern book. But the like yes. feel of like gothic, you know, which I guess is why it feels like it would be such a good movie, like a little stranger. They did make a movie of uh-huh. and I watched it and it wasn't a super effective movie because everything about it is so subtle. Oh, yeah. But, like can be hard. Yeah. But um, this one, like, yeah, it's it's fun because it's a gothic horror that also has like great characters it's and juicy. Everything paid off in a good way. And the twist was like good. Yeah. Oh, the I score really, thing was good. Yeah. We like the agree. scores. Yeah. I liked that. I liked the when they discovered that it's Agnes acting as the nerve center of the house. I liked that Francis was like, you can't look directly at her. You can't look at her. Don't look at her. But then it went back to open your eyes Mm-hmm. A little bit, and she like looks directly at her, and then she, and then sets her on fire. Well, I love that too, right? Because they're like, you can't look directly at her because they're like, we can't look at what we've done mm-hmm. to her, and like, it's we like can't look she's it. the reason that the gloom is the gloom. Yes, it's because like literally the entire essence of this house and these people is these last moments of absolute abject fucking horror and mushrooms grow in dankness and so you have to let in light yeah it's like the symbolism and the actual practical um effect of it is so good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i like like um you know when they're down like at the doctors after like in the village Mm -hmm. and they're like you know did the whole thing burn and they're like i think so but we should go make sure and burn yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it that was funny. We're going to go back. We're going to yeah, double burn. You got to. So, you would know, send some, send a, send a fire brigade, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, just like a, like pest control type situation, like <laughs> anti-mold situation. So you, guys, you guys don't have to go back. Have somebody else like, yeah. make sure it's, <laughs> it's burnt. Just like spray it with bleach. Just make sure it's like done. But it is that same thing of like, you got to keep stabbing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like, I don't want this to be the end of Little Shop of Horrors where it then like cuts to a new little Audrey. Yeah. Right. Which I guess it kind of is with like the, oh, we might see like the eye thing, but it's like they're aware of it. And that's that's what they're reckoning with. But yeah, it's not like, uh uh-oh, Howard's alive. Yeah, that's what I love. Yeah, I I love that they are like, you know what? We're we're not completely done here. Instead of when they're like, and it's all great. And Mm -hmm. then cut to like, you know, an egg is hatching and uh-oh, yeah. what's going to happen? I almost worry that the movie would choose to, like, have the last shot be like, one little mushroom is left to grow. Yeah. I'm, sure I'm sure they did. I'm sure. I'm sure. God willing, no. There's, there's no way they couldn't. 
there's no to way like be like sequel <laughs> yeah or yeah oh my god yeah like they, they so they finish talking and then they pan away and mm-hmm. then there's like a little mushroom growing like in the town and you're like don't no. do this why <laughs> yes Oh, my God. They would. Now I'm just mad at these hypothetical filmmakers. (laughs) They would. That's so like them. That's so them. Classic Um, them. Classic. Well, so that's the book. I think we agree, right? We're saying this is a definite read. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's so good. And like, I think it's. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm talking as if I read oh every book that came out this year, <laughs> but um I I feel like this is like a a highlight of of books that came out yeah this year. for sure this for is definitely sure. gonna like this is like a new favorite for me me too yeah I like um so I read it a a while ago I had to refresh my memory a little bit and I had meant to try to at least skim it before and I saw that it was like on. Because I had gotten it through the library on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that it was like on the Kindle store for like two ninety nine. dollars yeah. so I bought it to try to skim and I didn't get a chance. But I'm like, oh, but I'm glad I have it because this is one that I'm sure I'll read again. Yeah. Oh, I, as soon as it was over, I was like, I can't wait to read this again Which someday. is always, I feel like, such a good thing with with horror and thriller novels is because like so many of them, the only thing that keeps you reading is like, wanting to know yep. what happens mm-hmm. so if you want to read it again like after you know what happens that's good writing yeah yeah for like sure. that's why yeah. like um gillian flynn like i've reread like sharp objects and dark places like so many times mm-hmm. and it's like I know they're good because I know what happens. That's kind of like like when like if you get a spoiler for something, but then you still enjoy it anyway, because you're like the journey is so good for me that like I still, you know, I still love it. Yeah. And it's like this one is so character and like not vibe, but like a vibe, but also like environment heavy, like such a clear picture is painted that it's like you it might even be better to read it once you know what happens and then you yeah, catch like, all the know what you're things. looking for and just yeah. reading catalina's letter over i was like oh this was a good letter yeah <laughs> and yeah. like i imagine you know reading like all the dream parts again and yeah stuff and for sure no like knowing what's happening it's that's what's so i just find so amazing with writing when like once you know what happens in the end and then you go and read it from the beginning and there's so many things where you're like literally all of this makes so much more sense yes because mm-hmm. truly like when i was reading that francis quote to you guys i was like oh he thought he was getting her dirty because of like you know like because of his family mm-hmm. so it's yeah i think i think it's because this book is so thoughtfully written you know yeah yeah and like not like everything pays off and like it, i i love it i love it's it. it's really character driven yes yeah it's not just plot, which to me is very boring. If it's yeah. just plot. I feel like the plot ones are the ones that you don't want to reread. No. Yeah. God. And then I just like, well okay. read a summary. Yeah. Once you have the plot, you have the plot. But it's like when it's the characters are so fully fleshed out. Yeah. It's like you're like, well, let's let's spend another couple hours with like my friends with, with these guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. With, you know, with my friends, Noemi, the who we're all in love with. <laughs> let's. Uh, <laughs> With um, uh, my girl Noemi and uh, Spores. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Catalina, it turns out, is okay too. So we'll hang out with yeah. her. Yeah, poor Catalina. And Francis. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this is a definite read. Definite read. So thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the show. Thanks for uh, having yeah, this me. This is really fun. It was such a blast. Do you have anything that you would like to plug? Um, yeah, listen to Mall Talk. I mean, that's also boring because that's what we plugged last time when me and my co-host Paige were on. Very different, very different <laughs> book. Boring. Different um, book, less sexy. <laughs> way less sexy, way more Christian, way more for 11-year-olds. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it did have a hot stepdad, though. Oh, right, but, um, <laughs> hot stepdad, yeah. Uh, yeah, listen to Mall Talk. It's... um. We talk about the mall and especially now it's very heavy on like, you know, it always was. But especially now, since we're not going to the mall, basically like our guests talk about their the malls of their youth. And, you know, that opens up just a lot of stories because everyone has mall stories and stuff. And um, you guys have been on it. And it's um, very fun. Yeah, dude, it's a great podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. It's when um, we discovered our shared love for California Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, oh my God. Which is, oh, God. Then they fed cops. So much drama. Such they a fed, disappointment. They fed the cops during the Black Lives Matter I was, protests it in was LA. Really, I was like, <gasps> it was really bad. I remember seeing that and it's like, I didn't know that. You could have just not done that. Yeah, Why nobody did you needed do that. Nobody asked you to. You chose you to be terrible. Out of this? Jesus. You chose to be terrible. Ugh. Yeah, you didn't I have was to hoping, participate. Like, is is it a franchise situation? I don't think it is, though. I don't think it is. It had either. to be approved by corporate. Whatever. They like tried to sell themselves and nobody bought them. <laughs> 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 that was pretty funny. That was- the so saddest. Embarrassing. I was like, could I have waltzed into that auction and just been like two dollars? <laughs> like, I'll give you, I'll give you a hundred fifty. I'll give yeah, you my stimulus whole, check. But you have to throw in like all the pizza ovens for no extra. Cost. Yeah. You can't take them with. Everything I get has all to come the butter cash. Um, but oh, and where can people find you online, Emily? Oh, um, M L E Fay, um, on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome! Thank you so much again to Emily Fay, uh, both for being a fabulous guest and for introducing this book to us. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. We really, really appreciate you. Check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Teen Creeps. And a special thank you to our Patreon producers who give very generously at the fifteen dollar level. Thank you, Amanda Nangle. And Dwyer, Ashley Fritz, Brian Petty II, Claire Moore, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny, Emily Pooley, Gabriela Santiago, Gianna Fernandez, Grace Armstrong, Jeremy Cronk, Jessica Smith Harper, Jonathan Venable, Jordan Colway, Karen Lewis, Kat Miller, Katie Lilly, Katie Olsner, Kelly Burns, Chris Dorina, Landry Desmond, Laura Hooper, Lonnie Martin, Luke Bartek, Mandalay Walshlager, Marcy Raquel Blackwell, Marco Pavlicic, Melody. Megan Lozier. Micah Yunus. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly Marks. Oscar Gallegos. Randy Clut, Rashad Black. Rogue Kalahua. Sersha Descaro. Sarah. Sarah Jaggers. Sarah Nichelle. Sarah Wallen. Sasha Gibson. Sydney Bollinger. Tristan Buckner. Victoria Beck. Victoria Valdez. And Wendy Bartos. Thank you. Really appreciate it. That said, wear a mask, stay inside, and keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. 
Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.